Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. Unto all and to all a good night. Uh, we hope you're well in the other realm. It is I, John Robbins, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and he, the lovely Robin. Hello, Robin. Hello. Now then, Robin, I'm just looking at the checklist of things we've had done here in the Moon Underwater. We've had it rebrassed. Yeah. How is the brass looking to you? It's looking great, but I can still smell the brass. Don't, well, don't you worry. That will go. Now, there was talk of removing 5% of the lilac crepuscular dusk. Yeah. How, how do you think that's worked out? Because I'm not sure. Well, the thing is with these, you, you're always going to go over mm. the budget. You're, you're always going to go over. So we're down to 3% and we've gone over budget. We've gone over the schedule, past the deadlines. They've been flying past. They have the deadlines have been flying past in their yeah. ones and twos, haven't they? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, well, okay, so that's to be determined. Um, some of the other things that were going on, we were going to, uh, we, I, I believe, we were going to adjust the nostalgiator. Yeah, the yeah the faucet of nostalgia. Yeah, that needs adjustment. We don't want people drowning in nostalgia. But we don't want them entirely free from it either. No, no. Um, the desire molecules are absolutely perfect. They bob on. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> bob on and have been for some time. So there's no need to twiddle with them. If it's not broke, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. However, though we've completed most of the refurbishments in the upper chamber of the moon underwater... There's still the attic full of feathers, and there's also the uh, the cellar where we do our bonus podcast behind the cellar door. But the cellar itself, Robin, we've been putting this off for far too long. Mm. The cellar is like butter scraped over too much bread. It really is, isn't it? The thing is that with the cellar is moss is nice. Oh, a certain amount of moss. A certain amount of moss. If it's get if it's you're down there and the first thing you see is the moss. This is mo- mossy. Yeah. Then you know you, you're going to want to get things into balance. Absolutely. You can have, as I've said one. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. You can have too much moss. Yeah. So we need to get some of the moss out of the cellar here in uh, the moon underwater, and in order not to leave you with just moss in your hands, <laughs> uh, we have compiled um, a compilation of some of the most, well, what's the word? Unprofessional. <laughs> I was going to say Dionysian, but, you know. Yes, Dionysian is a great yeah. word. Um, louche. Louche is nice. Unguarded mm. highlights from our live recordings, which we uh, did a while back. We do hope you enjoy them as much as we regretted the memory of them. <laughs> It was such a unique feeling of pride and shame waking up after those. Yes. Because they went very well, but I also woke up thinking like, oh, God. There's nothing quite like a hangover from a night that has been committed to a podcast which has been (laughs) released to the world. Yeah. Great times, though. Mentioning no names, but some were more uh, shame-filled than others, but all contained uh, great moments, big laughs, Mm. um, and a fair few ringing bells. So we hope you enjoy this compilation of some of the highlights of the Moon Underwater live shows. There will be more live shows coming up in the future. And uh, as ever, head to moonunderpod.com to register your interest or to uh, subscribe on Patreon to get advance ticket access. 
Well, you, you once said to me, you may have said it in a show, that the mobile phones have ruined pub bullshit. <laughs> oh, completely. And you, you had sort of a, a real um, affection for people just spreading lies <laughs> around pubs. Yes, totally. That now you could just kind of go, oh, that's not true. Well, this true. is what's replaced the great English folk story. We have a folk festival in Chippenham. They're like, what about English traditions and like the great minstrel tales of yore? It's all changed because what is because the playground are urban myths. So there's all the stuff in the... In the playground, you get the, how did Bruce Lee die? We all know Bruce Lee died now, he's on Wikipedia, and he died then, but people, your mate would go like, oh, it's because he wanted to test his hardness, so he got his mate to drive a double-decker bus into him. Hey, that's not true. He said, test my hardness. It's not true. It's not, it's not true. If someone died of heart attack having sex, he used to say they'd done a Bruce Lee, because you go, he died on the job. But I thought for years that's how Bruce Lee died, that he died sort of in... In flagrante, is that the right word? I think, how did Bruce Lee die? In, re- in the real... George Lazenby gave him an aspirin, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something he you've said, heard I don't feel well, pub. George Lazenby said, like, George Lazenby shortly after... George, so, so that's... So is it true or not? Who knows? The public guy did George Lazenby, because that George Lazenby got offered 12 Bond films. His agent said, no, I've read about this feminism in Time magazine. I reckon they're going to ban the Bond films, but I wouldn't do it if I were you. I'd just do this one. He's like, well, I don't, don't want to be like banned or anything, so I suppose yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell him to shove 12 films and all of that, and it's, it's George Lazenby's agent and all of that. Could be Stan Laurel and Clint East. Stan Laurel's Clint Eastwood's um, dad, biologically. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the tops of their heads from like there upwards. Clint Eastwood is angry right-wing Stan Laurel. Is this like the thing where you can make John McEnroe out of a ten-pound note by folding it over, and it's half Charles Dickens and half the Queen? <laughs> is that similar? I've not heard that. That's amazing. <laughs> or you could go in a, a pub, and when was it? Me, me and Simon Dunn did the Amuse Moose once. We went in. Simon said it said, "Let's tell everyone that Chubby Brains died." And see who believes, see if anyone does, see if anyone dedicates their set to him or anything like that. <laughs> no one does. So, like, Dodd of Art, so like, playing squash, we said, yeah, it was just on, it was in the newspaper just now, the paper newspaper. And, like, everyone just had, like, a Nokia phone that you could play Snake on, and that was about it now. Yeah, oh, the, the days of. That happened at Glastonbury, didn't it? 2009, Michael Jackson died. And everyone, no one at Glastonbury really, it, it didn't, no one know, knew if it was true. Basically. Well, it must have been better. Well, like, when he actually died, I was on stage in... You might even have been there with me in Wrexham. I was on stage, and I was about five minutes wrapping up, and everyone starts messing about with their phones. So I was like, sort of like, sort of, God, like, come on, I know I've sort of like... I'm not very good at ending the <laughs> set, but there's no need for that. And then someone's like, well, Michael Jackson's died, and it was, everyone was like, just like wildfire, and that was it. That was the I, end, end of. I was on stage when... Well, no, I, I was comparing a gig when Gaza turned up to give Raoul Moat some KFC. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on my phone following, like, the BBC live updates about the siege, and it was like, Gaza's turned up to yeah. give Raoul Moat some KFC. So I go back on stage, and I said to them, you're never going to... You literally are not going to believe the words <laughs> that are coming out of my mouth. I said, Gaza's turned up to give Raoul Moat some KFC and some Kansas Stella. And they just sort of looked at me, just totally nonplussed. And I said, hey, what the fuck are you? Did you hear what I just said? Gaza's turned up to give Raoul Moat some KFC and a Stella. And the act before me had already told them. But I, hadn't, I didn't know that because I'd been in the dressing room. Well, how are you to know that? I remember frantically phoning Russ up when the qu- they interrupted Brookside because the Queen Mum died. And I knew Russ was on his way to do a gig, so I, like, I was writing up sort of like, right, like, like, just so you know, like the Queen, the you know, the Queen Mum's like falling off her perch and all of that, and like you want, uh, I think he played him the answer phone message when he got the thing, like, <laughs> like, like, like Queen Mum, dead as fucking Dillinger, mate, don't fucking, it's like, yeah, but it's, uh, oh, that was the, it's all ruined now. Well, so I should say, so Will is from the People's Republic of Chippenham. Oh, I am indeed, and um, was very much part of the. Southwest comedy scene of the early 2000s uh, that spawned such household names as uh, Russell Howard, John Richardson, Simon Dunn, Eric Eric. Eric Eric. I mean, some haven't carried it on. Um, <laughs> what, what's Eric Eric doing now? Eric, I presume he was bit, maybe he was recaptured by the army. He was a deserter, was he not? <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe he was. He was. I think he was a desert. He was supposed to be a deserter from the army, if not the SAS or the Marines. Wasn't he? I'm not sure I ever actually met Eric. Eric. He was in some. He he was either. I don't know. He was. You had to. He was like the Andy Kaufman of the Southwest in a lot of ways. There was something clearly like askew with him, but it was it was very entertaining stuff that he used to do on stage because not in, just in spite, but because of all of that. But I thought he's well. We, we, I did. He used to run a gig, and he ran it on nine on nine eleven on the actual day of nine eleven. He had no idea what had been going on, and he was sort of like, "Oh, there's not many people in it in here. Like, what the fuck's going on? Is there like the fucking football on?" And we were like, sort of like sort of frog marched him into the main bar and like, like seeing us. Oh, is this like what's what's this? Like this, the news, Eric. This is happening. Like for like for. For real, and it was like, it was, oh Christ, that was me, Russ, Simon, and I can't remember what anyone actually did from that, th- from that, but yeah, that was, that was, he didn't have a telly, so he didn't, he didn't know, and no smartphone. No smartphone. So he didn't know, unless someone had walked past whatever park bench he was kipping on and said like, you know, guess what's happened, random bloke on a park bench, and that, he had no way of knowing until he got to the gig, and like, we all, we all went to it though, we used to get gigs when you when you're starting out, you just take any gig. You gigs a gig. Gigs a gigs a gig. But you'd, yeah. you'd think now that with smartphones that there would be more, we'd, we'd have a better grasp of truth. But if anything, things have got worse. Do you know what I mean? The, the smartphone is like the ultimate pub bullshit. Interesting point. Yeah. That's quite deep and philosophical. <laughs> so there's and depressing in a way. Because you're, act- you're actually absolutely <laughs> bloody right. It's the, it's the gravity of it. It's, it's gone yeah. from Bruce Lee died because George Lazenby gave him an aspirin, aspirin and he yeah. had a heart attack. To, when to he was everyone's being given aspirins by the government. And that's why we die that's why we die. That's like, that's like the conspiracy theory. God, so, I tell you, so it's basically it's all the stuff that you used to hear in like Ave you got to Avebury for the solstice. Yeah. And he'd be sat in some in a you'd be sat in a yurt with some like nutter in a conflict t shirt. With like with like like white blokes of dreads, and you'd be like sitting there listening because you're wanting a goal on the spliff they were constructing, yeah. and they'd be giving it like sort of like yeah, like fucking. Then you'd, you'd they'd be like oh fucking David like off off, off a Saturday Superstore like yeah he's like he's like fucking lizards and all this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you think like oh, David Ike yeah yeah, and you'd be like mm. sort of oh this is sort of thing. Or you'd be like so you'd be like so like please pass the joint in this direction. I'll listen and I like, sort of like yeah lizards mm, highly <laughs> highly plausible and all of that kind of thing. But then or you get like the sort of you know the kind of I don't know if you've ever been much of a smoker. When you're having like a sort of smoke with your mates, and you invite some people back, and there'll be like someone like they'll be like say a random sort of like woman like has like a bad reaction and falls down some stairs, and it turns out her dad's like a copper or something like that. It's like they'd usually give it some about David Ike at some point before they <laughs> fell over. It was like, but but every it's, it's crusty politics have now hit. Yeah, the, they've got. It's, it's now it's on the school run and in the pub, and it's the, it's not just the crusty in the pub. Now it's like your average Joe Funknut in the pub. Now knows all of this tinfoil hat, Osric tentacle, cosmic nonce hunter shit, and it's everywhere. You're quite right about this. <laughs> it's just the it's just the right mix. It it's, is. It's the right mix of psychedelia and beating up paedophiles for chipping them. <laughs> It's so, absolutely tailor-made for blokes I was at school with that started dropping acid when they were 12. It is. It is. The smartphone has maybe proved them right in their minds. Before we get on to your perfect pub, I've got a few wine questions to ask. Yes. Um, that I would like to know, but I'm sure a lot of uh, the, the patrons here at the Moon Underwater would like to know. Um, I have a thing called the John Robbins price to quality slash value ratio. <laughs> um, so, picture the scene. You're in um, the canned goods aisle in Sainsbury's, Tesco. You pay your money, it takes a choice. You've got your sort of odd, it's, it's lower than value ones. It's sort of like Bramwell or... Uh, they have these sort of Thompsons. They have these fake labels for sort of very, very cheap stuff. So say you've got your 20p Thompsons tomatoes. You've then got your own brand, 40p. You've then got your Napolita, 60p. 
You've then got your, your finests, 65p, your organics, 75p, and then maybe if you're at a deli nearby, you've got your pound, and it looks like it comes from Italy. Yeah. Now, I operate the John Robbins price to quality slash value ratio, where I pick, I pick the level at which the, the sort of sweet spot of the, the money out versus reward, and a very good thing to compare this to is headphones. So someone said to me, headphones at 15 quid are all shit and they will break. Headphones at 40 quid are usually quite good and will last. Headphones at 400 quid are not 10 times better than the 40 quid headphones. So go 40 quid, not 400 quid, and if you have to buy it 10 times in a lifetime, You've, you've sort of, you've, you're, you've evened out. What's your favorite wine? <laughs> <laughs> well, glad, glad you asked that, Robin. Um. <laughs> um, so was, yeah, in a, in a sense, that's what I'm, I'm groping towards. But with, with wine, I would say wine, like headphones, there's a similar equation going on, and I wondered what your thoughts were on that rewind. Yes. So, I would say it, the analogy holds to some degree, but I'd say you can go a bit cheaper with wine. I think your sweet spot is at the moment around 7 99 for a really good bottle of wine. If you're spending between 10 and 15, you're going to get something sensational. Above 15, you start to get into the realms of scarcity. You start to begin to get into the realms of quite specific vintages and wines that you might want to collect. And that doesn't necessarily reflect the mood that you're in or the moment. And the trick for me with wine, when I started um, out, I was a, a storm and I was delivering boxes. It was my Saturday job, aged about 17. And I loved it because I really quickly realized that actually drinking wine and recommending wine was wasn't anything to do with me really it was to do with listening to the individual I was actually talking to and trying to find out what they loved how much they wanted to spend and what was on the dinner table that night because if you can get all of those things aligned and persuade them not to spend a fortune then you're onto a winner and I would say for value at the moment Aldi's exquisite collection I didn't work for Aldi but their exquisite collection is really good there's a Greek Asiatico in there called Philos Estate for 6 99 I bought 12 bottles of that when I went on holiday to Dorset a few weeks ago. And I'd like to blame my By friend By the time Mark. he got there, they were all gone. Mysteriously, <laughs> someone, the wine squirrel, had indeed drunk most of them. But it's really, really I love really that tremendous. you've got a wine squirrel and yes. I've got like a wine demon. No, no, it's a squirrel. It's a squirrel. <laughs> Wish I had a wine squirrel. He doesn't wake me up at three in the morning saying, remember that thing you said? <laughs> Um, okay, a question, so related question to that. Yes. So often I'm in the supermarket, and I am generally looking for a sort of seven, eight pound. If I'm yes. in the supermarket, if I go to Majestic, I might up that to a sort of ten pound bottle. Yeah, and if you do the mix six, there's a couple of quid off on that, so yes. Also, if the people in your local Majestic have a rapport with you, they mm. may well offer you the mix six price for individual bottles, but let's not go down that alleyway. Where way. do you live? I have broken the mix six. Whoa. Um, but uh, my question is, so I, I'm often looking for your sort of seven quidders. And so if there's nothing in that range that takes my fancy, I then do look to your, your five quidders. But I just can't, I, I assume, and it's probably bullshit, but I assume they're all sort of bad, like they're evil. Well, are they evil? And is cheap? Why is cheap wine so bad? Or is it bad? This is the this is the question. This is the nub. <laughs> so the wine squirrel will turn into the wine grabber at this point. But I, I think the answer is if you're spending that kind of money, you know the risk is that you're spending more on the tax and the duty and the export and the label and the glass and all the people that work rather than on the juice itself. So you could risk to be disappointed. So my advice would be if you're going to spend under a fiver. By fair trade, because you know that it's going to do at least some good for some people. And a tangible example, £4.35, I think it is, in the co-op, fair trade Chenin Blanc, tastes ruddy delicious. You know, chill that down. Uh, You'd be, honestly, the wine, the wine squirrel will be on that within seconds of the screw cap flying off. Seconds. So, but tell me what it is about, say, a, say a, a crappy 450 bottle of wine 
why is that wine cheap? What is different in the process of making it? Because in my head, I assume, oh, it's just like, chemicals. and yeah. But it can't be because it's wine. Well, how difficult it is to make it. So if you imagine somewhere that's very steep and up a mountain, it's got to be hand harvested. The costs go up. If you imagine somewhere that's very flat, they can harvest it with machines. So there's a number of different factors that go into it. John's writing this down. Oh, God, blimey, what have I done? <laughs> but I think bang for buck for value, I think, you know, in Europe, I think Portugal's fantastic. Really characterful, interesting wines. Generally. Porto 6. Yes, I like that. We put it on Saturday Kitchen a few times. It's Ma great. Majestic's favourite. Yes, Lisboa. Wonderful. It's got a nice tram on the label. Do you know what my favourite wine is? What is it? Uh, um, uh, it's uh, Serrani Primitivo de Manjuria. That is again majestic, isn't Fuck it? Fuck me. It, yes. <laughs> is that the Sainsbury's Primitivo? That no, one? that's oh. the Primitivo del Salento, but they're a similar vibe. <laughs> they're a very similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. That majestic. Fuck me. Yeah, yes. It tastes like Ribena. Yes, yes. See, there is a moment when the warmth as well, I think there's something to this. Now, going back to your melancholy moment with wine, I think the reason you're drinking a great wine like that that's full of sunshine from southern Italy is because it is full of joyful fruit flavours. There are wines from cooler places that are more austere and they feel... Like New York. Well, exactly like New York, yes. <laughs> that just feel a little harder to get to know and that you have to tip really heavily in order for them to like you. Oh, very good. Um, final question, what happened to Jacob's Creek? Yes, well, it's still, <laughs> it's still there. Um, it was such a big player in the 90s. 90s. Yeah. It was like the fancy wine. It was. I saw a bottle in a newsagent the other day and it looked like it had, had a really rough few years. <laughs> Honestly, it looked like his wife had left it, it lost its <laughs> job. The, the, the label was all like scratched and it had gone damp and it was sort of £4.99. What happened to Jacob's Creek? Making it sound like the faded can of Lilton, the chip shop. Well, it was definitely <laughs> off I, as yeah, well. Yeah, so I think, well, it's still there. They actually do a range of wines. So they do the good value stuff, but they actually do quite fine wines as well. They do, I think it's called a Steingarten Riesling that's delicious. But I, I once, funnily enough, did a tasting of the wines of Jacob Creek that were really good values. When I got into wine, one of the big kind of most famous wines at the moment was the Semillon Chardonnay that came out, you're right, in the 90s. And it was, you know, three... Sponsored Friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes! It did, did it? Sponsor yeah. Friends. Yes! Friends. Yeah. Did it? It was literally, it was sort of the first wine. You know, all this stuff about Prosecco O'Clock and all that, that whole sort of boom of, you know, women mainly, but men also, you know, Girls' Night In with... That was started by Jacob's Creek, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think those Aussies, with things like Jacob's Creek, what they did was they gave us confidence to buy wines that weren't necessarily going to be very, very different year in, year out. So they would make blends that would be consistent. So you know if you bought your Heinz beans or whatever all the time, you had a level of consistency. And that, that was the kind of game for them. Um, and then things moved on, is the truth, in the wine world. We wanted a bit of vintage variation. There's natural wines now very popular. You know, we wanted things to feel a little more handmade. So I think, in truth, that's probably where those less expensive wines have maybe taken a bit more of a back seat. But I did do a tasting of all of their kind of cheap reds. I think it was the Shiraz Cabernet blend. And what was really fascinating is when they came out in the 90s, you know, these wines were costing just over three quid. They age amazingly well and they tasted incredible because they were new, you know, the fruits coming from great vineyards. And then it was a bit of a dip in the 90s and 2000s. And then the quality actually was kind of coming back a bit. But to taste a wine that has lived that long and still gives expression and fun and delight, I was, I was kind of knocked over sideways, but I had, you know, tasted 20 bottles by that point. <laughs> can, so. can I shock you with a fact that you probably know? Yes, yes. 90% 90, 90 of wines are made to be drunk within two years. 99% of wines are made to be drunk within five years. I didn't know that. I thought for a second you were going to say 90% of wine is fermented inside you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Yes, and I think that is amazing because it's changed. The game has completely changed because back in the day, you know, Bordeaux wines were made to be aged for a very long period of time. They're made to be softened up. It's like a slow stew. Takes time for the structure to soften up. Takes time for the flavours to be revealed. But now, you're absolutely right. We want to go home and crack it that night, there and then, and be delighted. And so, so you've got to be careful with, like a five quid screw top. If you've had it in your house for three years gathering dust, it will have kind of gone a bit 
wrong, weren't well, they? Well, I think screw tops are interesting because... I don't mean that in a disparaging way, no. but I just mean a, a cheap wine that you have bought and it hasn't got drunk. Yeah, they're not, in the main, they're not built to age. But I do keep back, and I do have in my little, uh, I don't know how to say it without sounding utterly ludicrous, like another Roald Dahl thing, but a kind of wine library. Is that a thing? <laughs> or it's, it's basically a cupboard that's cold with lots of wine in it that's temperature controlled. Can we call it that? But wine library sounds better. Yeah. Wine library, great. So I, I go in there and I have kept back over the years, like, you know, the Tesco Finest XYZ or Sainsbury's Taste the Difference, just to see how they do over time, because I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated. From Avery's to Zinfandel. To Avery's yeah. to Zinfandel. I like that, yes. Okay. yes. Didn't, didn't get much in the room, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so uh, we've spent far too much time talking about uh, wine, but I enjoyed every single second of it, Ollie, Likewise. and I love you. I love you, and I love wine, and I, you know, every, everyone's drinking again. Isn't it so nice to see each other? I've missed you all. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. Hey, Mark, what is up with your bad self? Well, hey, Simon, what is up with your bad self? Well, as it turns out, lots is up. Like, actually, what? Like a whole new podcast. They thought we were going away, but we're back. Biggerer and betterer and largerer and more is morer. And it's going to have reviews of... Big films, small films, weird films, new films... And... And television. Kermit and Mayo's Take. Follow now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right then, Isabella Sutellini. Um, <laughs> this is your birth name. Um, we've got to pick a couple of spirits for this dream pub of yours. Yeah. What, and I'll repeat that, what are they going to be? Hang on, haven't we done spirits? They were Galliano and Bailey's. No. We've done Bailey's and Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc, which are your bottles. Oh, Bailey's was in the bottles, wasn't it? Mm. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay, so the first spirit is Galliano. No shit. <laughs> Hang on, what's that sound I hear? Ooh. What, what is that sound I hear? I believe that is the sound for the special live-only treat. Once. Oh, wow. One drink of all your choices will be tasted live on stage, live during the stage show, on stage live, as it was performed uh, so here we go. Izzy, your first spirit is Galliano, which, may I say, comes in a, a very pretty bottle. Mm. Like, you could actually just put that in a sort of house and people would think, ooh, I bet they got that from Wayfair. <laughs> um, it's called... It's, it's 42.3%, which is a very cow. odd p amount of percent. Yeah. What, what is Galliano? Well, let's dive into the details. It's uh, the original botanical with over 30 herbs and spices, distilled in Italy. Izzy, why Galliano? Why now? <laughs> Galliano was always a drink that I'd have on a Saturday night in the old E. They didn't have it. They either didn't have it in the boat, or I just didn't have it in the boat. But we used to go to the oldie and then the boat, and I used to have Galliano and lemonade in a long glass, and um, it just reminds me of good times. What yeah. do, would you have it with a mixer? Lemonade. Ah. Yeah. And there was a night we dressed up on every New Year's Eve in Matlock. Everyone where I'm from, Matlock in Derbyshire, everyone dresses up in fancy dress, and I thought everyone did that everywhere until I went to college in Guildford and was like, hey guys, where are your Flintstones outfits? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, and on the millennium, we dressed up as Spice Girl fairies. Um, so it was like, like in the video for Viva Forever? Yes. Oh. So my friend from school was in that video. Yep. He's the boy who uh, the Spice Girls fly out of his hand. And... <laughs> and they do, though. I mm. totally um, remember that. Uh, Rumours abounded about the fee. 
And I think fee is French for fairy. I think it's French for woman. No, that's fa- femme. I think fee Fim. is French for fairy with a little, yeah. Anyway, so well done. Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ma fee is my girlfriend, isn't it? Or my oh, fee as in, yes, F-I-L-L-E. There we is go. Really? Yes, yeah, so as it was spelt, as you meant it, fee as in monetary. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't. Oh, well, the, I mean, on the French exchange, the talk was about the fee. Uh, back in England, the talk was about the fee. Yes. <laughs> the bunce. <laughs> the bunce. Uh, it was five figures. Yes, well. Which is a lot of money when you're 16. Yeah. yeah. And five figures flew out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa! That was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Someone's a genius on this stage. <laughs> um, so which, are you, did you dress up as a Spice Girl then on this? Yeah, I was Jerry, I was Ginger Spice. Okay. And we got the, um, the wedding dresses from a charity shop. And I think it's bad luck to wear a wedding dress before uh, you got married. But at that point we were like, we're never going to get married. Um, and uh, I still haven't. Um, <laughs> No, and because if he, sleep, a... keeps, if he keeps arranging to go to Abbey Road on my blooming <laughs> birthday. Um, I mean, so, it, it's, yeah. it's been, what, five years since he, you proposed to him? Yes, it has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not careful he's going to lose you. Yeah. Uh, right, so... <laughs> Galliano... Uh, I'm just going to try and get the sound of me... Un- so it's in a beautiful... What's that shape? Any shape experts in? And it's not a triangle, cone. is it? Cone. It's obviously not a triangle. <laughs> it is a cone. It looks cone. like a sort of upside-down yeah. Olympic torch, I would say. Yes, uh, the, I yeah. don't mind that. It's sort of like a scientific cone. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and get the sound of me breaking the seal of the, of the thing on the mic. I think this might be un- unimpressive, John. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please increase the gain on my mic? <laughs> yes. And that st- is the sound of applause. I stand corrected. <laughs> right. On the nose. Oh, I love those little plastic sort of pouring vibers. So you okay, don't have too much. Okay, on the nose. Oh, God, that smells like something else. There's a touch of aniseed. There's a touch of lemon. And a touch of 30 herbs and spices. <laughs> Right, little bit of Galliano as I live and breathe. Uh, very strange colour. I mean, it, <laughs> it looks. It's like the wee you do after a Barocca. <laughs> <laughs> That's the colour of it. Izzy has got the classic combo of half a Peroni and a shot of Galliano. <laughs> so we're sharing this out amongst the. Uh, the. Uh, us. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> I've never had it straight. You never had it straight. No. You never lived till you've had Galliano straight at what's room it, what's temperature. It, uh, what's it made out of? Oh, it's herbs and spices. I'm, I'm not going to say it for a third time, Sorry. Robin. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Gets up the nose. Gets up the nose. It's actually not bad. It doesn't. It doesn't like burn as I was expecting it to. Well, it's stronger than some whiskies, and it doesn't burn. It's got that lovely li- sort of liqueur coating that it gives the old... Oh, and then it hits the stomach with a click. Mm. <laughs> with a click. It's a, it's oh, I don't mind it. <laughs> it's almost licorice I think. It has yes. got a little bit of licorice, a little yeah. bit of aniseed, a little bit of... Nigella Lawson would love it. She would. Oh, man, she'd feel less anxious. <laughs> Nigella Lawson? Why is she anxious? No, no, just it makes you feel, oh, right. well, feel less mean. anxious. Yeah, it does. It's, it's like a, a friend giving you a hug. Yeah, if you're friends with 30 herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't mind it. I was expecting it to be quite revolting. Sorry. Do you know what? It's I all right. <laughs> I mean, the colour of it, I mean, it doesn't... Yeah. It's somewhere between Southern Comfort and Perno. 
It's somewhere on that divide, and that makes it sound worse than it is. <laughs> it was quite hard to source a bottle, apparently. Yeah, where'd you get the bottle from, Stu? Uh, oh, they are good. <laughs> <laughs> they are no, they are good. When in um, does anyone remember an advert called the Chir- there was a cheese called Churnton in the mid mid 90s and there was an advert called the Churnton Challenge I'm only telling you this because I've had a pint of lager and a sip of Galliano but um, we um, on the Churnton Challenge a woman was blindfolded and she had to identify which cheese was Churnton and which was an imitator and we all got really drunk at my friend Hannah's and Ollie decided to do the piss challenge where I know there was um, I thought you were going to tell a lovely story about (laughs) Getting drunk and trying lots of cheese. (laughs) So there was a pint of slightly diluted Galliano and a pint of actual piss. (laughs) I know, and Hannah had to choose without smelling which one she thought was Galliano. Just by the look? Yeah, and down it. (laughs) Instant regret. Rebecca, Rebecca, what are your thoughts on spirits? Because I need two of them, and I need them now. My two spirits were right nice tequila and Bailey's. So, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, slow down. What's your first one? Right nice tequila. Rate. Rate is a R A T E. So, do you have a brand in mind for your rate nice tequila? Patron. Oh, mm. I love the coffee patron because coffee. Ke- yes, is it so, coffee? Is it? Well, yeah. It's like I uh, tequila is the only upper alcohol. Do you know that? You is know? the only what upper alcohol? Appa, appa. Sorry, I can't say it like you didn't hear it. Appa. John, do, you know, like you have upper drugs like and down drugs. Oh, sorry, I'm not. I'm not fluent in drug. When I went, no, no, no. I was doing posh. I'm not posh. I went to a state school. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Born in Bristol. I was just... I was in America. (laughs) (laughs) Once I was in America asking for butter and it took, honestly, 45 minutes until I said butter. (laughs) Butter. Well, no, I said... Butter. Can I get some butter on my muffin for crying out loud? Yeah, that's it. 45 minutes later, that's what I said. And I got, hey, asshole, and I got, got any butter knocking around? <laughs> that's what I'd have said. I remember once being in, in the US of stateside. And, uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I was quite close to the... Uh, the I, wanted, I said to someone, which way is it to the sea? Because it wasn't far away. And he said, oh, you mean the ocean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, what you, you meant. About? Idiot. Anyway. But sorry, excuse me. Yeah. I, s- I was saying upper, but I thought you couldn't understand me. No, it's just because John doesn't know about drug things. Yeah, I don't know about drugs. No, I, I don't either. I just I'm just saying like it's like it it makes you So tequila is the only sort of positive alcohol. Yes. Is it? Well let's get a couple involved. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's why it's on my dream pub list. Because ultimately I don't like to feel any sadder than I do often. <laughs> So yeah. that's. <laughs> but the problem is, when you try <laughs> use alcohol to turn your mind off, you get sadder the next day. No. When you use it to turn that off, the next thing you know, you're 39, and uh, <laughs> everything's just sort of gone in the wists of time. You okay. In the wists. You're all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, my spirits are tequila, nice te- rate nice tequila. Rate nice tequila, Patron coffee, but coffee tequila. That's okay, what you want. so this is my point. Like, if you have the coffee tequila, it's like, no. <laughs> like it's like drugs. Sorry. Yeah. Not that I've ever done them. Um, um, and, and, and your next one? Uh, it, well, I said Bailey's. Now, l- hear me out. I don't like Bailey's. But as a woman who dates women, 
They all love Baileys. So you want them to have an option in your pub? <laughs> Lesbians love Baileys. I'm saying it here on podcast. Lesbians love Baileys. This is my, a startling revelation of, about no, my grandma, no, I've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> you need... Well, you don't, you know, let her be her, but my... My my two relationships with women, uh, both of them fucking live for Bailey's. Like same with Bailey's. Like they drink it like a pie. <laughs> but I can imagine you topping off an evening with Bailey's or having a nice little Bailey's at Christmas. But the idea of actually going out on the Bailey's. Yes. Makes well, that's what's so sweet about my so my my major relation. She. Um, she just like cut her teeth with her alcoholism with Bailey's. It's just so funny because ultimately that's like a non-committal way to drink. It's like I don't want to, <laughs> but I need to disassociate because I'm gay and I'm I'm I live in Grimsby, by the way. So she had to figure out a way to 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 disassociate, but she didn't want to drink, so she drank like hot chocolate every night. I think it's so funny and cute. Also, like very traumatic. It's not a drink that's designed to be drunk in enormous <laughs> quantities. Yeah. No, I just I love um I love what Bailey's did for the women in my life. You know. Oh, that's a lovely I do. sentiment. Because my I my bandmate as well um is les lesbian. <laughs> And uh, she also cut her teeth drinking Bailey's. And I was like, wait, that's really funny, cuz. And uh, if you're queer, it's quite weird. <laughs> you feel weird all the time about it. And uh, booze helps you not feel weird for momentarily. And I love that Bailey's is out there for the youth of today to stomach <laughs> and also not feel weird for a bit. Um, Obviously, it makes you very sick and horrible because, like, you guys are like, oh, it just made me sick. But um, it can actually be just a very palatable way to, like, be yourself for a bit. <laughs> That's why I put it in the bar. So, Tim. Yep. Lash Architect. Yep. Can you please talk us all through yep. the various denominations of lash? Huh. Hmm. So as in... Um, we'll start with the pre-lash and then work through the various lashes available to us. So the pre-lash, what, my understanding of what the yeah, pre-lash yeah, yeah. is? Yeah. Huh, well, um, I would say the pre-lash for me is... Um, yeah, if I know I'm going to a pub or something, I might have a, um, you know, a nice bottle of beer or something at home and some cashews. So that, <laughs> uh, but I don't know whether that's sort of incendiary podcast material. <laughs> no, but that's the pre-lash. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got friends who do like a, um, what I would call a sort of brutal pre-lash. Oh, mm. so that's a, okay. So now we're getting into the sub clauses. So what's a brutal pre-lash? Well, that what they would do is they would have a bottle of vodka yeah and specifically it would be a very very low grade low quality vodka red mm. your red squares well they always generically they call it cool off because i believe the first time they did it was cool off but it's your cool offs it's your check offs it's your trotskys <laughs> Trotsky. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the pre-lash slash brutal... You're writing it down? Yeah, well, of course I am. Well, it's mainly an audio format, isn't it? I would have thought... <coughs> yeah, but I need records. You're going to pick up a few more followers by posting in notes. No, <laughs> I need to know for my own records. Okay. So we've got the pre-lash, the brutal pre-lash. Should we move on to the lash itself? Yeah. What does the lash mean to you? Oh, okay. Um, well, <laughs> so like a, my idea of an enjoyable lash? Yeah. Oh, I meet a pal. You got that down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, this is a perfect lash for me. Okay. Yeah. Meet a pal. We have a couple of pints. Lovely. Yeah. Probably sly. Sly. Yeah, I reckon sly. So like your sly mate. pints. Sly pints. Oh right, I thought your mate was sly. No, 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 no. Sure, sure. Put an arrangement in where we're meeting at eight, half eight. Mm. Sly pints at half seven. Nice, nice. But nice. Is, okay. <laughs> So is that that's not a pre-lash though? 
No, you weren't talking about the pre-lash. I went through the pre-lash, and you've noted it down. Cashews, John. You're yeah, now talking about how the lash looks. Yeah, but surely the sly lash yeah. is separate to the lash. Yes, but it's distinct also from the pre-lash. Yeah, so... I mean, honestly. Okay, so just... What are your credentials for hosting this podcast? <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to make clear what it is you're de- delineating. Ghosts? Here. I could have been in Ghosts, probably. That would be yeah. a good, oh, yeah, be yeah. A good yeah. fit. Been perfect Every, for that. Everyone's in ghosts. Yeah. Not everyone. No. You were in the film of One Day. I was in the film of One Day. Yeah, most yeah. people would just call that One Day. Could have been the book. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't in the book. Right. No. Back to the lash. You got the pre lash slash brutal. I really brought customer to life on screen. You got the pre lash slash brutal pre lash. Yeah, yeah. I, then. By the way, the brutal pre lash is nothing to no, do no, with me. No, 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 but that's it's an option. Friends of, that's friends of mine. Option. I know it is. Mm. Sly Lash, so we're meeting our mates at the pub at Half Eight. Sly Lash is w- me and you are having a personal I like pint. a one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, put, yeah. put the world to rights. Okay, Do you yeah. ever have a moment in that Sly Lash where you think, this, this might be the highlight of the whole evening? Yeah. I, I often think that in yeah. the Sly Lash period. Yeah, is. And you squeeze in, the trick yeah. is with the Sly Lash, you squeeze in the third. Oh, so it, yeah. But everything is it's just a naughty lash. Yeah, yeah. It's a lash where yeah. there's mischief in the air. Yeah. Is, is there an argument for saying it's Lashmas Eve? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there is an argument for that. Yeah, yeah it's Lashmas so, Eve. So Sly Lash has come to an end. It's 22 minutes past eight. Yeah. The pub that we're going to is actually, we're a bit worried people might start to see us at the Sly Lash. Yeah, we are a bit worried, yeah. So we go to the Lash. Yeah. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, that's the Lash. My favourite lash, Tim, and we've had a couple of these. Here we go. The side lash. Yeah, I love the side oh. lash. Talk, talk everyone through the side lash. It's not a million, to be honest, it's not a million miles away from the sly lash. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think the main credentials of a side lash is a, a lash is in the offing. Yeah. yeah. A lash has also, to be fair, been arranged. Yeah. Probably by a square. Yeah. And then there is a, I suppose you could also call it the splinter lash because Ooh. there is a splinter of prox, th- three to four, mm. maybe two. I'm not ruling out one. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, can I paint a picture? Uh, by all means, yeah. So but, let's yeah. say, for example, the lash. Yeah. So we've had the we've had the, the sly lash <laughs> in the Nelly yeah. Dean of Soho. Oh, there we are, sly lash. Because we're meeting the lash is in the Crown and two chairmen. Okay, right. Mm. This is an actual one, isn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> when we get to the Crown and two chairmen, we have our drink. It's Ramo Cablamo downstairs. Oh, not really vibing it. Bit too hot. Oh, slightly COVIDy in these times. So we pop our heads out of the door, and we think, do you know what? There's no one in the toucan. <laughs> so we, po- we pop to the toucan. <laughs> you, me, let's say, Horn, yeah. uh, Crosby. Didn't want to go anywhere. Robin. Yeah. <laughs> and Robin. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go with the main lash, yeah. Yeah, you're the main lash. You're having a great chat at the main lash. Yeah, it's fine. The amount of emails you sent out about that main lash. Yeah, that I know. <laughs> Where is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> so we're then, we pop over to the toucan. Oh, yeah. For a swift pint. Of? Guinness. Your friend of mine. <laughs> so that's a splinter lash or a side lash. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, I just like the idea that there might be some listeners who don't know what the word lash is yet. Uh, do you know? Do yeah. They, uh, yeah, well, they, they, they're not invited to any of these lashes. Okay, sure. So we return to the lash. Yeah. Can you talk me through two more lashes? The, the post-lash. Yes. And then I think we need to come on to the mega-lash. <laughs> and perhaps... Can I just talk you through one, um, s- one potential problem with the side-lash? Yeah. It is when the side-lash becomes bigger than the lash. Oh, <laughs> I've been there. If you're looking at a lash of seven attendees, Mm. so for example, John, Horn. uh, (laughs) 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 You don't know I've got a side side lash. (laughs) Have you? Yeah. An appetizer lash? Yes. Interesting. 
I once had a, this happened to me once at a wedding where there was it was inside. It was a lovely hot day, pub garden kind of vibe outside. Side lash dominated. Yes. To the point where the groom had to say, can you pl- can, please, can you come back to my wedding? Well, the worst thing about a side lash is when it's formed sort of in protest at the bad management of the lash the or the lash. bad lash oh, venue. I, yeah. think, I think you're talking about the Spontano lash. <laughs> I, no, I think I'm talking about the Improvo lash. Oh. So you've gone to a pub, you've mm-hmm. planned a lash at a pub no one likes, like the Holborn Whippet. Oh, yeah. Everyone has to stand up all the time. There's no chairs. Uh, and we know a pub two minutes away that's amazing. Ooh. We're like, why the hell have you organised this lash here? So we start, si- it's the siphon lash <laughs> that then becomes the main lash. Mm. You're left in the Holborn Whippet all on your toddsum. I think you're talking about the mutiny lash. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so you have to be careful that a splinter lash doesn't turn into a mutiny lash. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rival factions of Lash. I you love know. that. Yeah. Um, the post-Lash thoughts. Post-Lash. Um, the post-Lash. Well, you know, I am, I, I'm, not av- I'm not averse to the post-Lash, but I feel like that, for me, is... Um, are you talking about when it's, when it's over and everyone's home and you go to someone's house? Or is it the Lash ends? Yeah. You've got a little bit more magic left. Is Lash Ends a a combination of Lash and Legends? No, the the Legends have left the Lash, but you've got a little, a couple more uh, bullets in the chamber. (laughs) And you walk, walking away from the Lash on my own, or with friends. Horn you, horn me. (laughs) You, you see a little light. Keep talking. It's maybe a Spanish bar. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But we, we're guessing... We can hear the castanets. Yes, we can. <laughs> smell the, we can smell the tapas. So we think, okay, we were going to... got to be Spanish, hasn't it? Yeah. Pierlo's lolling against the doorframe. We were going to... Not Pierlo. We were going to get a cab. We're walking towards a cab PK. rank. Go on, what? We're walking Pardon? towards a cab rank. Yeah. We see the light. We hear the maracas, the castanets. Yeah. Um, Luis Enrique. Yep, that'll do us. We head down there, we think... Mm-hmm. I could go for a liqueur. I could go for a wine. Yeah. That's the post-lash. That's the post That's a beautiful Thanks, description man. of a post-lash. I think the post-lash in an ideal world is on a rooftop, isn't it? Rather oh, if pass. Yeah. I'd rather be climbing than descending the old stairs at the end of the night. Yeah, that's a good point. So you don't want to go underground? Not really. I want the moonlight lash. Mm. Oh, moonlight lash. What about back home? Are you back home? Do you continue Back home, that's just two more Stellas in bed and then yeah. lights off. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you, you yeah. joke, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the sad lash. Yeah. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.